Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason. Joined again by one Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And joined again by Dom. Triple D's. Here we are. Here we are. And we got the Bucks versus the Hawks game two. But this one, yikes, all the games so far have been leading up, being really close. It's been a great postseason, really the last like week and a half. This was not the case. The Bucks back the Hawks 125-91 in this game. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 25 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Drew Holiday, 22 and seven on nine of 14 shooting. But really, it was Brooke Lopez, 16, if he can give you that production. We already know, man. Everyone's trying to call for his job. So that was a big game for him. And Trey Young, 15 points, six for 16, nine turnovers. Struggled game from him. Only two other, four, three other people with double figures. Only one other starter in double figures. That was John Collins, who had 11. Bad game for the Hawks, really, all around. It just looked terrible couple of days ago. So, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? It was just a master class of defense by the Bucks. I think they took away Trey Young's floater. I think they took away – well, they didn't really take away his three-point shot. He got attempts, but those weren't falling. He didn't get to the free throw line much. They forced him to make turnovers, and that's the recipe that's going to lead them to winning the series if that can repeat itself. And for for the Hawks, they didn't get much from Kevin Horter, who has been amazing so far this postseason. They took away Clint Capella. He only had two points and eight rebounds. He's been someone who's been consistent all throughout this, you know, run for the, the Hawks. And off the bench, it was one bright spot. They did have Cam Reddish, who came and scored. I think he had 11 in the uh, – yeah, he had 11 points in the fourth quarter. It wasn't garbage time, but giving him another creator, I think that's going to be good for them if they can find a way to get him in a rotation a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back in game three, being at home. But for the Bucks, you know, Giannis was Giannis. He has to be the best player in this series for them to win, and I think he understands that. They got a decent Chris Middleton, 15 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. Six of 13 from the field is not great, but you'll take it when he's a plus 42 out there. And Drew Holiday, 22 points, amazing defense. And he really was one of the key pieces to slowing down Trey Young. He did it individually. There was no really lineup changes or anything like that that Bud had to go to. So the players just had to dig deep and figure out how they were going to stop Trey Young. They did a good job of doing that. Dom, what are your thoughts? So <clears throat> it came down to something really simple for me. Um, you know, the um, when they won the first game, let me see how much they won by. The first game, they won by three. Trey Young had 50 and 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Bucks are a better team. And if Trey Young doesn't have a phenomenal performance every game, then they're going to lose every game that he doesn't because he doesn't have the supporting cast that's able to, you know, lift up, that's, that's able to lift up, you know, when, when he's slumping. So, I mean, this is going to be the result whenever he doesn't have a good game. That's why I was like, in order for him to win this series, and I think we all think the Bucks are going to win it, but um, 
in order for the Hawks to win this series, Trey Young has to be better, better than Kevin Durant. <laughs> and I don't know if he's there yet, quite yet, to be better than Kevin Durant. He did it the first game, but he's going to have to do that in a continued effort. It's either going to have to be him or he's going to have to drop like a 40 and somebody else going to have to drop like a 30, whether it be Herder, whether it be – um. Collins, Collins, whether it be Gall- Gallinari, it gotta be somebody else that just has a offensive explosion. And I think Demetrius said that um, Herder in Game Seven was the only time somebody scored over twenty-five, aside from Trey on the team. So, you know, he just doesn't have quite the offensive help, and their defense already isn't amazing. It's not a great defense. They just played two offensively challenged teams. But now they're not. And the only reason they really won the first game was because Chris Middleton was just terrible. But, I mean, maybe Reddish back will help. Maybe he'll be able to create his own shot. But he's been gone for so long. I just don't know if he's just going to be ready to, you know, jump right in and make an impact. But hopefully he will. But So I'm going to I'm going to officially walk back something I said last Okay. But it's with the small stipulation. So what I saw, I'll react a little bit, but I'm man enough to admit it. But I said Trey Young is the best player in the world. We take it, let me put it like this. If he wins this series, he's the best player in the world. Because this is what I knew that there were two possible outcomes in the series. And I didn't really realize it until watching game two. That's why I kept saying I'm really not sure about what's happening. It's either Trey Young is the best player in the world or the Bucs are going to win in five or six, right? It's like one of those two things because this is the other side. If Trey Young, like we said, if he doesn't play great, if he doesn't play great, they get, they, they're just going to lose like this because they don't have – I mean, the, you could say the Bucs have the next – You can you can – Obviously, make the argument Giannis is better than Trey, right? And then you can say that outside of that, the Bucks have the next two best players. So they got three of the four best players in the series, right? Since yeah. Drew is no longer getting, you know, Drew looks fine again now. And we already know what Chris Middleton can do, you know? Yeah. And even when he's not scoring at that well, he's still a really good passer. So that's the thing about Drew and Chris is they get other people involved. <laughs> Trey has no one else who can get other people involved. And what happened early in the game, Bogdanovich fouled twice in like one minute. And Hill came in and Hill was okay. Solomon Hill was not bad this game, but he's still not Bogdanovich. And it kind of just messed up their rotations a little bit. And so they ended up in the first quarter just down six just because they just didn't have the offensive. I mean, the Bucs were just scoring like crazy, um, but they didn't have the offensive firepower. But then what happened was, you know, Trey has to go to the bench. Luke comes in. They try their bench, which just doesn't do anything. And now they're down 12. And from that point on, Trey came back on the court, and he was pressing. He was throwing way too many. He's trying too many oops that just weren't there, too many bad passes. He was trying to get it all back in one possession because he was like, damn, we're down this much. He was shooting a lot of threes. Um, we talked about how he calmed down the three-point shot, and he only shoots some – Kind of big moments with this game, you could just tell he was pressing because he shot the ball 16 times and eight of them were threes. So it's like, you know, 
that balance wasn't there this game. Um, and once they got down, he just kept trying to do it too much and just kept digging a bigger and bigger and bigger hole. Two assists and nine turnovers. Hey, we'll, we'll see, obviously, in game three if that continues, but that's easily the worst that, you know, passing performance he's had all postseason. Um, but, yeah, Trey pressed out there. It's because he knows it's all on him, and so we'll see how he bounces back in three. We'll see how they bounce back in team, obviously. But right now, the Bucks. This is, I mean, this right here just looks like they're the best team. When they play like this, they look like the best team in the league. This is the team in the regular season. We were like, wow, yeah, they could definitely beat anybody. But it's kind of the consistency with them, and it's almost not the playing consistency. It's almost the coaching consistency. But it they if if they're gonna keep playing, you know, the lineups they play, it really is all on Brooke. They look like the best team in the world when Brooke is above average, right? But we know he can go out there and be a complete liability. And that's really the difference. Brooke went out there early in the first quarter, hit a couple threes. He was three of five from deep. That's 60%. He was six of eight from the field with 16. And if he just does that, okay, all right, <laughs> you know, it's just something that you can't deal with. Because we, and right now, Drew is grooving again, another 22 for him. So that's two back to back 20 point games from on efficient shooting, which again, last series he was awful. And I guess, you know, we'll see kind of what goes forward with that. So, Darnell, just from a Trey perspective, what did you see from him? I know you said the Bucks defense was great, but what does he have to do next game to be better? He's got to figure out a way to get back to what he does best, and that's getting into the paint and either getting to his floater or he's just got to get more into the teeth of the defense. He settled too many for too many jump shots, and – He's just got to put more pressure on the defense. He kind of bailed him out at times by taking some of them shots, but it's kind of what he does. And I think for them to be able to win the game, obviously the run that they went on in the third quarter, the Bucks, it was 43 to 17, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. And you just can't allow that. And any no matter how good you're playing offensively, if you're letting somebody score at will that just at that rate, then no matter what you're doing, it's just not going to matter. So if you can eliminate a run like that, which is likely to happen because that's just likely to happen twice in a row, it's just not high. So I think if he can get into the teeth of the defense, like I said, and play inside out more than outside in, then you have more of a chance to win. Dom, how about you? All my man's got to do is – Usah, you feel me? He's gotta, he's gotta relax. He was out there. He was playing real, you know. He's playing real crazy out there. He had nine turnovers. He don't normally get nine turnovers. He's trying to force shit to happen. And you know, we talked about how the team isn't a great team around him, but you know, the best players, they're still able to, you know, squeeze everything they can out of him. You just gotta trust them. And I know they were bad, but. You still just have to trust your team because if you don't, then you're just going to be out there forced to, you know, do everything, jack every shot and, you know, throw the ball away sometimes. And 
if you don't have if it's if it's just not your night, sometimes it's just not your night. And again, nobody else is really capable of having a night like him. So I, I understand why, you know, he was he was pressing and forcing, but you know, in order for him to play better, he has got to relax, uh, trust his teammates, get them more involved more, and you know, instead of instead of taking all these threes, like Darnell was saying, he's got to find his way into the paint. I know he's not much of an off-ball player, but, you know, it, it'll benefit him if, you know, he just lets Herder or Lou or whoever's out there with him, like another ball handler, maybe Reddish a little bit. I don't know if Reddish is much of a passer, but, you know, just, like, let somebody else hold the ball for a second and just try to get your spots, try to do little cuts. I know he's shorter, so it's going to be harder, but, you know, sometimes he's got – relax off ball and you know let somebody else do something with it and while still trying to you know allow himself to be open mm -hmm. yeah I agree I think a lot of it is that patience and yeah it's getting back into the lane <clears throat> where he can obviously do the floater or do the oop I, I feel like this game this is one of those rare games where because again the lead was just once he got back in it was like they were down 12 he just immediately went to trying to be Steph but we all know that's not who he is. You know, he's, oh. not, he's not Steph. He's James. He's got to continue to attack, continue to get to the basket, and that's exactly where he's, you know, so dangerous. I mean, the big thing for me is, again, Trey on three free throws. You know, he, he's going to know. He's got to get to the free throw line more. He's got to get to the paint more. he got to cut down the threes. At least – big basketball. <laughs> yeah. At, at least at least on the, the, the threes – as it relates to the rest of his shots. Um, it doesn't help, though, that for, like, the last – really, ever since Hunter went down, ever since Hunter went down past – sorry, past the game one against the Sixers, you know, the Hawks really just can't shoot threes anymore. It's kind of crazy, actually. That was their whole strength, you know, all season and against the Knicks. And now it's just deteriorated again because of the Hunter injury and because Bogdanovich has been hurt. But Bogdanovich was okay. So he obviously, if he's not in foul trouble, I'm getting him some shots early, getting John some. Fuck it. Let's just see if anybody else can maybe get hot from the field before, you know, I got to go crazy and try to just shoot every shot. Because it probably is going to happen, but you just want to give yourself time for, yeah. for and what happens. And he generally does shoot a lot of shots either way. But again, yeah. he, norm he normally doesn't take as many threes. He normally just runs into the lane. And, yeah. You know, the, the, the whole thing with me is just the percent of the percentage of his shots that are threes it can't be half of them. Half of his shots yeah. can't be threes. It's just not effective. It's not who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So let's get into it real quick. Player of the day. Jose, what do we need to do? Game that we need to do. So player of the day, highlight of the day, dickhead of the day. Just from this game, um, we're going to start with you, Darnell. What you got for him? All right, player of the game is going to go to Drew Holiday because I think his two-way impact was really big. So I'm going to go there. For my highlight of the night, it's got to go to that Giannis finger roll. Did you see that? That dunk yeah. attempt that he turned into a layup? Yeah. Didn't think he had the, I didn't think he had the jelly to finish that, but obviously Giannis got more in his bag. So I'm going there. And for my dickhead, um, I'll probably have to go to 
it's just got to go to Atlanta's starting lineup, man. Their plus minus is and that run that they just allow everybody being at least a plus 21 is crazy. So I'm just going there. All of them get the dickhead of the day. Oh, all at least a minus 21. I got you. Yep. Um, Tom? Um, my player will also go to Holiday for, you know, um, stopping Trey enough to make him, you know, jack a bunch of threes. Um, highlighting dickhead, I don't, I don't have one. So, Damn, thanks, Tom. All right, my player <laughs> of the day, I'm giving it to Brooke Lopez. For not being useless out there, changing. I was the thinking whole... about that too. <laughs> <laughs> really Everyone was like, "Boone, you need to sit him." We've been saying it forever. But hey, man, wasn't asked, so give him credit. Changes the whole world when he's not bad. Yeah, the best team in the league when he's not awful. Um, well, Chris, Chris was good too. So, yeah, but six for 18, 16. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, my. Yeah. My highlight of the day, Darnell, we might be talking about the same play, but mine was the spin from Giannis to just yeah, like, same yeah, same play. Is that yeah. spin to Giannis just like laying it up right over Clint Capella's head, like he wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, <laughs> damn, Clint made him look like he really did look like somebody playing with their little brother. Not a finger all over your face. <laughs> um, that's my highlight of the day. And my dickhead of the day goes to Bogdanovich for two fouls in 30 fucking seconds to start the game. Just giving them no chance, really, to start off. And Solomon fought. He really did do all he could in that quarter. But it was just like, damn. Just messed up the whole rotation, man. Just can't do that. And that's exactly how you, you know, lose players. They're probably going to lose this one anyway. The Bucks were on fire, but damn. At least it would have been like 10. 15, probably, not 30. But, hey, thank you guys so much for listening, man. Game three coming at you Sunday, 8.30. I'm hyped. So, for Darnell and Dom, this was Demetrius. Have a good one. Hey, the bees, deuces.